Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's edition for the Chapter by Chapter podcast. We are covering book four of The Wheel of Time, The Shadow Rising, and we are diving into chapter nine, Decisions. Look, we have to introduce ourselves. Every podcast is someone's first podcast, right? Stan Lee said that. I forgot. Well, he said it about comics. Stan Lee did say that. No, he said it about podcasts. I remember, I remember uh, near the unfortunate end of uh, the late Stan Lee, there was mm-hmm. like a Audible sponsored, Audible put out like a, a a graphic novel exclusively on Audible that was, oh. <laughs> that was Stan Lee's, claim to be Stan Lee's last project ever. And what was it called? I think it was called oh. Trick of Light. And uh, there's I remember absolutely this. no way that yeah. Stan had anything to do with it, but it was it was definitely marketed like he did, and like it was his last. It seemed like his last passion project, and I don't know, maybe, but I don't think it was because he was 195. Yeah, yeah, and they were just carting him around from convention to convention to convention at that point. Like I can't even imagine where he had time to write a passion project outside of his incredibly busy schedule and also being a hundred years old. Like you don't have energy anymore. It's gone. But I remember that book. Like I remember that coming out and it was like, it was it kind of about it was, like, it was just audio book. Audio book. I remember it coming out and it was kind of like marketed as this like weird, almost like children's superhero thing, but it had nothing to do with the overall Marvel brand at all it was like completely separate from anything marvel i have no idea but it yeah it's it is separate from marvel but it's uh i don't know if it's how much at children it was aimed at whatever you know whatever my name is steve he is steve i am will we are getting to chapter nine today decisions 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 I'm pretty sure I'm like I I'm I didn't look, but I'm like ninety eight percent sure that this chapter named decisions was used already in a previous book. It definitely was. And our let's just get right to it, because are the decisions here is is it in reference to Rand trying to decide, you know, who he's gonna get with? He's got the Burlanes, he's got the Landfears, and uh he's got the Egwanes, he's got the Elanes. I think I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think it's also Matt trying to figure out who he's going to cuddle next because everybody's like, I don't want to cuddle you now. That's the same you thing. Were surrounded by like that's the actual bubbles. The, that's actually the same thing, but with a different character. It's just, yeah, essentially the same thing, and much less uh, a much shorter relationship. He's just looking for a little cuddle, you know. Sexual Matt's a cuddle. Decisions. Perrin, Perrin has decisions to make. He's looking for a way to what get kind of rid of does his. Does he want to eat? Uh, does he want to hunt a deer? <laughs> Does he want to hunt a he's rabbit? Looking for ways, <laughs> he's looking for ways to get rid of Fael in any way possible, but he's like... Birdseed! Whenever he finds a... Just throw birdseed. Whenever bird seed he finds like something... On a fuck on the highway. See what happens. Whenever he finds somebody telling him like a story, like a story that might be interesting enough for Fael to go after, then they're like... The person's like, but then like, you know, Trollocs show up and then it gets real... Like, it's a real mess up there. He's like, fuck. You know what? Trollocs I don't, don't send show her into up. Her We've established In this book, Trollocs are not showing up anywhere. It is only things below the belt that are showing up. On every fucking not, member of this the, book. I'm Perrin. talking about the stories that Perrin is hearing about. Okay. Sorry. I'm a little worked up. You know what I like about this chapter, Steve? <laughs> is that he... he 
is that is that is, is that I don't have to record a podcast when I'm reading. Is that I could just sit there and read, and I'm not recording, and sometimes so nice. Two weeks in, Steve, you're I'm already like this. Sh- look, shut we'll, up. We'll look at what happened. We have like a hundred more chapters. We actually realistically have like <laughs> forty five more chapters to go. So you need to turn that frown upside ground and. Shut the upside ground. Out. Yeah, I know. Did I did say, say I did say upside ground. <laughs> the important part, that part wasn't as important. The more part was the second part, which is shut the fuck up. Okay, we got we got to talk about chapter nine. I don't even know if I want to anymore. I want to talk about upside you don't have ground. A, you don't look. You don't have a choice. So we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Decisions. Okay. <laughs> Decisions, decisions. Uh, I've made some decisions, haven't I? Both of us, really. Um, okay, so what's what's the main thing that you want to talk about here? Because the thing that I want to talk about right off the get go is not land for your stuff. I want to talk about how Robert Jordan expertly kind of navigates three days worth of adventures into like a nice little like almost a time of your life uh, 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 montage. Yeah. You know? It kind of was, wasn't it? We could put that Green Day song behind it. Time time of your life, yeah. I think it's called. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Fuck yep, that fucking that's... song for the record. But, you know, it has its place in these types of montages. You have, uh, first you have Rand and Elaine. They're, they're running around the castle. And, like, whenever Rand is not in a meeting, you know, they're having a, they're, like, whispering to each other in corners. And the IEL are, like, finding them corners to go whisper in. Whisper, 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 whisper. Whisper, whisper. Very, very romantic. Um, we've got uh, Nynaeve and Egwene periodically torturing and interrogating uh, Joy, Joya and Amiko, which I thought would be funny if it was in like a time of your life monologue where you, because it's all t- it's all in one shot. You just follow the camera down to the dungeon where Joya and Amiko are, and there's Egwene and Nynaeve like torturing them with magic, and then like Egwene like looks out the window. <laughs> but then they're doing it. They're like having fun doing it, and they're smiling. They're all laughing. There's a li- there's a little somberness to it. Like not not not. They're not having the most fun. They're just kind of like. Don't they want to like challenge Amico to the death or something? No. Okay. So that's a different part of this, and this is great. Okay. So during uh, Egwene's little part of this chapter, uh, she ends up striking up kind of a bit of a friendship with Avienda, who is a. Uh, annoying and annoying. Aiel. Eh, yes, she's. I, I don't know. We Sorry. don't know anything. I thought you were gonna say annoying, annoying, but uh, <laughs> you're right. She's Aiel. She's Aiel. Um, and they're becoming good friends. You know, they it it it, it happens quite quickly over the over the next three days, and it leads into the scene where Sometimes that happens with friendships. You don't know, right? It's like one day you're you just bump into someone on the street. You both look at each other the at the same time, and the next day, next night, you're at Chili's together, right? And then every night for the rest of your life on Tuesday nights, you're at Chili's, right? You're at Chili's or podcasting, podcasting at Chili's. The Chili's. I would, cast. We should do a podcast at Chili's because then we could have a Chili's <laughs> meal and write it off as business expense. I don't think Chili's is around anymore. I think Chili's. No I mean, way. maybe in the states, but no but way. in Canada, I don't know. I I don't know where Chili's is. We got a couple of Chili's. They're like all in the airport. where in the airport like do you have to pass customs before you get to chilies up around the airport there are four chilies 
and most of them are in the airport. That's incredible to me. It seems it's a lot of chilies. Those are the only ones in one area. Yeah, it just seems to be like focused in on that area, Northwest well, Calgary. They like their chilies. I mean, it's literally the air. It's the airport, and that's it. And around the airport, they're all within like two minutes of each other. Maybe it's just like one of those scientific things that when you like when you get off a plane, one of the best things you could do for yourself is hit up the chilies. The chilies. That's why they have them strategically placed all around the airport. I think it's more about waiting for the flight and eating the chilies. This is awful. We gotta cut all this out. <laughs> this is staying in. I do think it is more about waiting <laughs> and sitting chilies, you know. <laughs> Letting the days Can, pass by. Getting day drunk. So when uh, Avienda and McGuane become good friends, there's a scene where Egwene, she's taking a bath, and Avienda, she doesn't know manners. She walks in on her, she's and real, she's not like... It's a real Bert and Ernie situation, right? It's a real Bert and Ernie situation. In while Ernie was just splashing around with his rubber ducky and... Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, a lot of us, we've all, we've heard all the jokes, right? It's like, oh, what's going on over there? But it's like, honestly, I'll tell you what's going on. Inconsiderateness, no polite, like no consideration. Like what's going on? Privacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a one-sided relationship. But Avienda gets away with it because she doesn't, she doesn't know better. You know, she's an IEL. And uh, anything west of uh, the waste, you know, completely foreign to her. She doesn't understand. Like when she looks at the water that she that Gwen's bathing in, she's like, "Why are you dirtying so much water? You could drink that. I'll drink that right now." She's like, "No, no, don't do that." Kind of like Dune. Kind of like Dune. But uh, instead, Avienda, she just like she gets naked as well and sits down on the ground because she thinks like Gwen is uncomfortable. Well, you know, with with when in Rome. Yeah, yeah. But what to your point about this whole like killing somebody in the background? Egwene in the uh Egwene and uh Avienda is talking about Barrelane. And Avienda is like, you know what? You know what we do? We just kill her. If Barrelane was showing up and like taking men left, right, and center, poof, over. Challenger to a duel. Duel. It'd be dead. Dead in a second. No problem. I have it done by lunch. Just give me the words. And Egwene's like, no, 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 no. Avienda's like sharpening her knives, getting ready to go. But isn't there there's this whole thing of how it's like forbidden to uh attack a woman like that unless she's a maiden of the spear yeah if she's like if she's right. like a warrior but i think uh, avienda is like saying to Egwene, like look those are my rules but you know you can do whatever you want you're your own person you know and now enjoy your bath i'm gonna get out of here think about what i said <laughs> doesn't put her clothes back on though it just leaves <laughs> um yeah and that's that's the the thing that i remember the most out of this of this chapter with the exception of rand and lanfear and the whole rand and lanfear thing is i don't know what do you think what do you think about it like does it make you mad does it make you happy does it make you uh yeah i already talked about it i think it's a little ridiculous um i think it's a little overkill with this with this stuff but um I, I just like where you know where we're we going. Like how how long is it just women dancing around Rand? Well, we could split hairs here and say that it's not necessarily Rand she's after. She's after Luz, Luz Darren. Yeah, so she's saying that they were together, right? Back in the day. Like her and Luz back in the day. You know? Bonnie and Clyde, little Bonnie and Clyde situation. Yeah. 
Natural born just, killers. I, I, I just, I just, I'm so confused. I'm just always so, so confused. Right? Yeah. Why does she remember? Why does she remember this? Why does he? Why does Ran not? Yeah. And and also like, well, how did Luz Theron be in a relationship with Lanfear when uh, Luz Theron like he he after he went crazy, he remembers that all he killed his entire family, and it seems like a very like quick succession of what happened like it i don't think there was like a lot of time where lamphere and luz theron were like lovers back in the age of heroes or whatever it was called you know no it doesn't seem like it and then i we don't know if the if the books did it but in the show he was he was like married to someone what was her name her name was uh what was her name luz theron's wife yeah i think it was latra pose Latra, <laughs> what? We we ranked her on that when we did the ranking of all the characters. Oh, I I'm do. Looking at that yes. now, but I just can't remember if that's her. Yeah. Oh, I I I'll Ilyena Morelli Dalasar Ilyena. Well, the books open with him screaming Ilyena Ilyena. Yeah. So it's his wife, but not his lover who. Lanfear is suggesting, but maybe Lanfear is making this all this up. Like she, she could be lying to Rand about all this, or possibly yeah, I think she might be. Possibly Robert Jordan forgot the first book. He just forgot about it. He forgot that he wrote the first book. He's been in. He's been Things in this world for so long. You know, he's he's the pen's been downstairs for way too long. His memory's all like screwed up. This book is about different things now, right? <laughs> About sexual tension. About sexual tension. <laughs> Mostly. Um, and she's, she, Lanfear's whole thing is just trying to get Rand to turn into Luz Theron or to accept his fate as a, as. Yeah, like, a, does your memory just come back once you accept it? Is Rand, is Rand the only one who just can't remember anything? I think so. Well, he's, he's too young to remember anything she's from so in, the past. She wants him to, to learn. She wants a Forsaken to teach him, right? Something like that. But she's a forsaken. So why don't she? Why, why doesn't she t- teach him? Teach him the ways. So she's not a man. Oh yeah, and the forsaken can all use the one power. So they probably need somebody. Oh, th- that's yeah. They're talking about as Asmodian or whatever his name is. Yeah. And he's like Asmodian. Like he he could probably help you out, teach you a few tricks. You know, I've been playing Bioshock Infinite lately, and. Uh, a lot of those powers, as Modi can treat, teach Ran, you know, throw birds out of your wrists. Oh, yeah. Right? I, it's pretty cool. I bet Ran, Ran could absolutely do that. He makes, like, tables dance and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The thing about this scene that's also weird, and I don't know why Robert Jordan included this in the scene, is that a gray man shows up. And, like, Rand is, like, I, I can't remember the scene exactly. But he's like looking over the room and like taking stock of like everything that's in the room. And then his eyes go over a gray man and it's like written like, and then he sees a gray man and then he like takes a double take. He's like, wait a second, <laughs> there's a gray man there. It's like a, like a spread of like an Ikea showroom, right? He's like, hmm, futon, that's a nice futon. Yeah. Oh, the coffee table, that's nice. And the lamp, oh, lamp. There's a gray man. Okay. Oh, look at that desk. Ooh. Wait a minute. Computer desk. Wait a minute. <laughs> a gray man. And then it just like pans out. And the guy's like. <gasps> he's like, he's like holding still. Like he's hiding behind the lamp. You know, 
He's just trying to blend in. And then Rand just like fucking cuts his head off with his flaming calendar. Not sword. even a threat. Not even a threat. Doesn't cut his head off, but he fucking. Yeah. And Lanfear is like, ooh, I, I, well, I, I, I didn't see that either. What? She did not say that. <laughs> she kind of said that. She said, ooh. She didn't say that. But she was. Uh, She's like, nice. He killed a gray man. The most unremarkable, like seriously, one of the most unremarkable bad guys yet so far in this series. The question is, is what? What's a gray man doing there? Who put him there? He, because Rand then says that the, uh, he remarks on the Aiel guards, and how would a gray man have been able to get past? I them? think, uh, I think our answers will probably be coming into will be coming into play next episode. Thank you for listening to Chapter Nine of The Shadow Rising. Follow us, give us a follow, a subscribe or whatever, you know, whatever. But we appreciate the hell of it on all the social medias at Chapter by Chapter Podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you back here tomorrow for Chapter 10. The Stone Stands. Hello, everybody. It is your old buddy, old pal, old friend, Will here, and I am going to thank the four most important people to the show. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over and over again. It's weird, but Steve's microphone is going through some issues. We're all going through some issues, so I don't have him here, and I'm trying to improvise. Anyway, Nicord, Big G's Daddy, Hilder, Degree for Women, thank you guys for being the Gouda Grandmasters that you are. If you guys want to help the show out, head over to our Patreon. The link is right there in the description. 